Hello, Oregon. It's Wednesday, July 29th. This is Elliot News with a news briefing from The Oregonian and Oregon Live. The Oregon Health Authority on Tuesday reported 342 new coronavirus cases and 14 deaths, a single-day record since the pandemic hit Oregon five months ago. Among the deaths disclosed Tuesday was a 26-year-old Yamhill County man, the youngest Oregonian to die with COVID-19. The death toll in the state is now 303. More people died of COVID-19 between July 12th and July 25th than any two-week period since the pandemic's arrival. And those numbers could continue to grow, as the state's disclosures often lag. Until Oregon sees a statewide positive coronavirus testing rate at or below 5% for three consecutive weeks, none of the state's public school students will be allowed to re-enter classrooms for in-person instruction. The state hasn't met that benchmark in July, but did so in April and May, according to state officials. The statewide positive testing rate was 5% in the most recent week, but 6% in each of the previous two weeks. Dr. Dean Seidlinger, the state epidemiologist, outlined the new metrics on Tuesday. So today in Oregon, we are not where we need to be to safely reopen schools. Our current case rates are higher than they need to be and are higher than they were in other countries when schools reopened. Counties also will have to individually meet several thresholds for testing rates and cases of the new coronavirus. Some of the state's largest school districts, including Portland, Beaverton, North Clackamas, Tiger Tualatin, and Salem-Kaiser, announced they wouldn't consider in-person instruction until at least November. Black leaders from the Portland area have the commitment from Governor Kate Brown and regional and local officials to pass a slate of racial justice bills in the next year and reinvigorate programs that address racism in housing, health care, and other areas. As early as this year, the Oregon legislature could begin passing bills aimed at demilitarizing the police, outlawing tear gas and sound cannons, as well as the use of flashbangs and pepper spray against individuals. That's according to Urban League of Portland President Nikenge Harmon-Johnson. Legislative leaders have said a special session planned for later this year would focus solely on balancing the state budget, but it could now include proposals to eliminate slavery from the state's constitution and to strengthen the state's fair housing laws, among other bills. Wednesday's announcement came from Reimagine Oregon, an umbrella name for a collection of black community organizations and leaders. It came with timelines for when officials said the work would be completed, and in some cases, how many dollars they would pledge to do it. Governor Brown, the chairs of the Multnomah and Washington County Commissions, as well as a member of the Metro Regional Council and the Clackamas County Commission, spoke in support of the plan. The city of Portland is fining the federal government $500 every 15 minutes, the maximum charge allowed, until it removes an unpermitted fence blocking a bike lane on Southwest 3rd Avenue. City Commissioner Chloe Udaly, who oversees the Transportation Bureau, said the government hasn't responded to her demand to remove the fence, which surrounds a portion of the federal courthouse. She said the bill is now $192,000 and counting. The fence has become a focal point for nightly protests as the months-long marches and demonstrations devoted to racial justice and curbing police excesses escalated in recent days with the arrival of federal law enforcement teams staged at the courthouse. A senior White House official told the Associated Press on Tuesday that the Trump administration and Oregon Governor Kate Brown were in talks about decreasing the presence of federal agents if the state stepped up its own enforcement. Thanks for listening. You can support this podcast and our local journalism with a subscription to Oregon Live. Go to OregonLive.com slash pod support.